0: 1994, Mrs. United States. And if you're looking for the difference between Miss America and Mrs. America, it's cellulite. I used to be hot, but now it just comes in flashes. She's a fighter. (laughs) I had to fight for my marriage. And my husband and I have been married now for 23 years, and he wants me to tell you, it's been seven of the best years of his life. And I want you to know I am not dying before this man and letting a single woman reap the benefits of my tears and training. That's for sure. I had to fight my insecurities. I've had to fight blame and bitterness. Guess what? I won. Author of ten bestsellers, including the award winner His Princess Bride. The born to lose drug addict from a dysfunctional family, where God awarded the 2010 nonfiction book of the year. I am dyslexic. I am the only best-selling author that has written more books than I have ever read. Welcome. And my son has always said to me, I don't understand how God can use you the way he does when you're so dingy, Mom. I said, honey, it's the air hole. The Holy Spirit blows right through it. Sherry Rose Shepard.
1: Welcome to Laughter for
2: All. It's the podcast with comedian Nazareth. Hello and welcome to the Laughter for All podcast. Uh, I am comedian Nazareth here in our studios in Corona, California. That was our guest that you just heard and she is so funny. We're going to talk about life. But cancer, about eating disorders and other things. And we're going to try to be humorous, but we want to be encouraging too. So if you know any girls or do you have daughters, granddaughters, wives, uh, whatever husband, just go get him and start watching live now under Facebook, um, comedian Nazareth. So, uh, we're going to do with our first segment as, uh, you know, what did I do last week? Uh, well, uh, first of all, Merry Christmas to all of you. I I was able to take my family, my wife and kids. John just graduated from Biola University Friday, uh, not this last Friday, the Friday before, and we flew in that night. I did two shows, one in the morning for a bank. Uh, Credit Union, and one day evening for a Christian church in Orange, California, and then we flew in that night red-eye flight to Baltimore, Baltimore, like they asked me to say it, and then uh, you know just spend it with family, lots of family that we like, you know. It's always great to be Christmas around family that you like instead of tolerate. So anyway, so we had a great time. We went to New York for a couple days, and then we went to Philly, had some felly cheesesteak and had ginos and pads and then we went to New Jersey have some Mediterranean food it was just a food tour it was just you know a family that loves to eat that's all they did this eat 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 was just going like visiting places uh you know uh, and that was it so we had a great time and tomorrow if you are in the Southern California area, I'll be doing a show at the Wayward Outreach, it's a mega church in San Bernardino. We're going to do some comedy, New Year's Eve celebration, it's free. Come on in, invite your friends. And then on Sunday, I'll be doing three services at Menifee, at the Eagle Ridge Church in Menifee, talking about the newness of God. God is the God of the Kenona, it's the newness. But anyway, um, I am so excited. I'm gonna get into it. I'm excited. That this is a friend of mine that we worked together back in Asheville, uh, North Carolina many years ago and we just connected and she's amazing. What she does is amazing and at the time, my daughter Carol was young, and she gave me one of her books from her ministry. His princess and ministry, and she just just amazing, amazing, and. Uh, uh, she has his, her website is Roy, royalfamily.com. But Sherry Rose Shepard is an award-winning author with over 1 million books sold. Her life experiences help her to identify with almost any woman's battle. She grew up in a broken home and was severely overweight as a teen. She also experienced depression, dyslexia, and an eating disorder. Through God's strength, Sherry Rose has become a popular speaker at events nationwide, including Women of Joy and Extraordinary Women. Uh, Sherry's also was Mrs. America 1984. She ran for Miss America several times. She was a contestant. So she's really amazing. We're going to talk to her about whatever. You know, this show is honest, open, and we'll talk about anything. So Sherry, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking the time to be with us.
0: I'm excited. I'm excited for what you're doing, and I'm excited for how you're rocking the world for Jesus.
2: Thank you for being here. First first of all, I want to ask and see how is your mom doing? Is your mom doing good?
0: My mom and I are fighting cancer at the same time. I should say beating. Four years ago, I was given eight weeks. And so when they said I have eight weeks and they wanted to do surgery and chemo and radiation, I said if I only have eight weeks, I like my hair too much to do chemo, so um, I left because I wanted to keep my long hair. Okay. And I I decided to do God's word and God's food, and I'm still here four years later. And God's opened up some. I took a sabbatical for a few years, and um, during that few years, it was just kind of a really rough rough ride. My marriage fell apart, and my kids were devastated that I had cancer because I'm like their best friends and um, everything shifted. My world went from on the road in front of 10 to 18,000 people a weekend to uh, alone in an apartment. And I didn't know my mom growing up. I was raised Jewish and I got to leave my mom to the Lord in her older years. And then when she got cancer, um, I had her move in with me in my little apartment. Mm-hmm. And what so special my parents have been divorced for years and years is when they asked me what can we do I said I need you both to love each other I don't have my family I need you Aww. and through this four year battle they have become best friends and we have breakfast together every week where my dad is here at my home and my mom and I never dreamed as a little girl that I had ever get my parents at the same table so it's kind of fun how God in my in in the midst of some real rough spots um, really did some stuff. And then my daughter, I have 11 year spread. God has a sense of humor. I got pregnant the night before she's vasectomy at 40, and I got pregnant on birth control on my honeymoon. So that worked well. And um, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, I, and I have a daughter that um, she watched me kind of go through a job, lose everything at the same time. And walk alone and because of that she said mom what you walked through the last four years has spoke louder to me than anything you've ever written or said and i will always follow god because you never gave up on god and so i've just got to see a different filter going into 2020 and while i was um, fighting cancer i got invited to write children's books and draw them after my children for folks on the family so i got to do a children's series called Adventures with the King, and then I got another contract with Salem, and I just released His Princess is the book that sold over a million, and it's in 38 languages, and actually it just sold a million, two hundred thousand, another mm-hmm. two hundred thousand the last couple of years, and I, it just came out as an everyday devotional, so a year-long devotional, and I've just learned so much. Um, I feel like Job when he said, I knew God, but I have now experienced him for myself, and what I love about laughter and joy. And the things I've learned about joy is those who sow with tears will for joy because when your life has been ripped apart from one end to the other, um, a thankful heart is fine, but it's not enough to give you the joy. And that's why it says when you sow with tears, you for joy. And what I learned through this battle, even though I'm the author of his Princess Love Letters from the King, is I learned that God loves me personally as well. And I think There's lots of lies that we women align with that we think we're suffering for Jesus. And Jesus is like, I've already suffered for that. I don't want you suffering for that, too. I've already died for that. So I don't want you to feel like you're dying on the inside for that. And so I have just so much wisdom that God's given me. And I think the most beautiful part about what I've learned about the Lord is your circumstance doesn't have to change for you to change. Mm. And um, what I love the most is, I have more joy and laughter now, and no, I didn't get my marriage back. No, I don't have the life I had before. What I learned was when you're in that crisis place where everything you knew isn't any longer, Mm. you need to do the next right thing. Just what can I do that's the right thing right now? Because God says, today I give you a choice between life and death and blessing and cursing. I call on heaven and earth as a witness that today You would choose life. So I knew, um, and there's a lot of other personal things that happened that were overwhelming. I would never share because it would dishonor my family. But Mm. um, in it, what I learned was I learned about not dishonoring, um, but still being honest. There's a big difference between being real. Like when I speak now, I will share about what I'm sharing right now. I know I don't have to give the devil's details of destruction to glorify God. I can tell you in five minutes. I lost my health, my happiness, everything I knew. My world was wiped out, betrayal in every angle. And that's all I have to say. Satan got his three minutes. And Mm. now I can tell you what the living water did to clean up the muddy water. And now I can tell you the healing that took place in my heart that now my body is healing. And now I understand that scripture of man can withstand sickness, but who can withstand a crushed spirit? So I went um, now, there's 25 years thinking that I had to suffer for me to be anointed. Mm. And what I would like to say, first of all, to women listening is when God talks about praying and loving your enemies, he's talking about the enemy of the cross. See, when you're persecuted, he says for his name's sake. So the first thing I want to say is if you've had a husband or a child or a mother or a father that's abused you, God asks you to forgive them, but he doesn't ask you to hang with them. Exactly. Forgiveness and, fellowship, forgiveness and fellowship are very different things. Remember, one of the instructions that Jesus gave his disciples were, if they don't even want to hear what you have to say, dust off your feet and walk away. And with the prodigal father, he didn't run after his rebellious child. He waited and let the child come to the end of himself and come back to him.
2: That's a big so issue. I, I don't I, want to interrupt you, uh, Sherry, but that's a no, that's a big, big issue. Uh, that's a big issue. And uh, I'll, I'll, you know, my first mind as a comedian comes to Job's wife, where she was like, curse God and die. But then when God re- returned everything to him, she was still around. And that bothers me. What a but, bummer. But a bummer. But Yeah, that
0: bothers me too. I always say God gave him a new everything. Now I want <laughs> to a new wife. But, but that can speak life.
2: But my thing, there's God, a lot of Christian you, women God, listen. Yeah, there's a lot of Christian women listening right now that are, are, are going through this, They're, where they have in the belief, like, you know what, my husband can continue to be abusive, but but God asked me, this is my cross to carry and to walk, and so I have to tolerate this. And that's a lie. And thank you for bringing that's that a up.
0: Lie. No, you have to set a healthy boundary because you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. God says, if anything, anybody destroys that temple, he will destroy them. Your um mind and body are very, very, very needed on the battlefield. We have never needed Christians to uh, detox from toxic relationships, detox from toxic food, detox from toxic thoughts, and toxic way of living so they can rise up and be what they're called to be in this world. We're only here for a little bit. Now, one thing that um I want to share, a, I'm not going to share names, but a fallen leader that's very well known child met with me who considers me a spiritual mom. And that fallen leader appears to be very blessed for turning away from God uh, financially and with a new wife. And his child asked me, um, she calls me Mama Rose. She goes, Can I ask you a question? She just met with me in Nashville. And she said, Okay, um, my parent, I'm not going to say if it's a male or female, my parent. Uh, left our family rebelled against God and is still going to church and still praising God with a new family is happy and healthy and wealthy. You're the most faithful woman I've ever met and you're physically sick and you're alone without your family fighting this with you. Your husband's not next to you. Why should I follow you and, and not follow my parent? And mm-hmm. she was, you know, had left her husband. And I said, you just, You just told me why. I said, honey, every day I ask God, why would I walk through this? I've served him faithfully. I lost my Jewish family for becoming a Christian and then led them to the Lord. I was already raised in an abusive household. So um, I had a dad that believed in me, which has helped me really to love God the way I do. But I said, the difference, honey, is the slideshow at our funeral and our place in heaven and our legacy we leave at the earth. I said, we can choose baby, to live for ourselves right now. And it may look like those that have left their families or left the faith or left the situations, they're still going to church and they're still talking Jesus. And they think that Jesus is the Jesus of happiness and Jesus is the Jesus of joy. He is the Jesus of peace that passes all understanding. But when, if I choose to live for my personal happiness, then when I go home to the Lord, my slideshow will be: Look at her! She got a brand new botox, and then she got a brand new car, and she left her rotten family and married this rich man, and she did this. Let's praise God for how great her body looked on, you know, December twelfth. Mm. And and all those things won't matter. And then in heaven, which is forever, that you're gonna your placement and your reward will be what you did on earth, and then legacy. I knew that I couldn't. Control anything that was happening with my children or my family during this season. But what I could control is each day doing the next right thing, not giving up on God. I didn't date anybody for four years. I didn't curse God. I didn't. And I parked in the book of Job. I just stayed there and Mm. parked in it. And I let that be. But then what really happened was, I had asked God, "Am I ever going to have my passion back for the ministry? Mm. I want my passion back." And then I parked in First and Second Samuel, and First Samuel David is a very different David, and Second Samuel David, and Second mm. Samuel David is a very different person. And I felt like God kind of just showed me, "Your passion is not enough to keep people going. It's my power through your weakness that people are going to find me." Amen. So. What I started was now, I had about 30,000 followers on Facebook at the time, and I started doing just once a month, a little, when I could. You know, I was so heartbroken, to be honest, physically heartbroken. Mm. I just could not find what I needed to get, you know, to minister to anybody else. And God was okay with that. You know, he was just loving on me and sending people to love me. but whenever I would turn on that camera, 10,000 people would join me immediately. And I'd be like, oh my word. Well, then it went up to 100,000 people. And then that's when some of the publishers saw my numbers growing. I'm like, How are they growing? I've been under a rock for three years, crying my eyes out. And God say, God was showing me, I pulled you. I, I you think you lost everything, but sometimes God will remove like what he did for Noah. You may be just, so heartbroken right now. If you're like me, you poured so much love into people and they rejected you in your darkest hour. But God closed the door for Noah. He didn't make Noah close the door. Right. And, and, he, and the reason why he did not make Noah close the door is because Noah still lived amongst those people. And I'm sure there were friends and loved ones that he knew. They weren't going to do well. Mm. and They were going to die. Sometimes, when you, if you're listening right now, God is so sweet. And he is a father that he will close doors that you could never close because of your love for people. Wow. And and your fear of losing something. And it's interesting because now I understand. And God gave me a new name. His royal family is the name of our new minister. That's right. That's what I noticed. This right. He showed me this year. I'm going to go out and collect the broken and let them know they're a part of a royal family uh, uh, forever, forever Amen. and ever. Amen. So, yes, they may have lost a family. And then how many people have said, where was God in that? Why are we blaming God for Satan's work? Mm-hmm. Jesus told us that Satan is the God of this world. He is going. There is going to be tribulation and war and everything going on. So we have to make a decision. Um, is my faith going to be in what? the world says or is my faith going to be in what God says and so what I've learned is there's a difference between what's true and what's truth. what's true is I'm fighting cancer what's true is my world has been shattered what's truth is God will use this for something great what's truth is his joy is never based on how someone reacts to me and I know a lot of you have done the right thing and you're like I have been a faithful wife and my husband still left me or I was a parent that really love my children and love of the lord and they've turned from god or they've turned on me or whatever your situation is and i'm telling you right now your legacy cannot be stopped just like job's couldn't
2: let me ask your you this i was hoping from the conversation you give me some makeup uh, ideas but no you were, you've been talking about the shattered pieces you uh, were a teenagers and I, and my I, i'm leading with this um to, to get to the question is okay you were a teenager that was overweight and attractive and then uh, someone from your prom was saying that you know hey uh, you know you had to pay your friend's brother to go with you to the prom and this guy said hey right. this, uh, you know you had a crush on that uh, the what do you call it the, the
1: homecoming king,
2: the homecoming king. and he said yeah. something yeah he goes yeah we need a whale at our party and from that point on you started um. You know, losing the weight and you be, you started to, you know, you won the pageant and you, and beauty became, beauty pageant became your, your, the, the next bye. trajectory of your life. Bye, bye. I'll, I want you to take over from there because there's women right now, they're turning in their forties and later and they're looking at the wrinkles in their eyes and they're looking at other stuff and their body is not, and they're going, wait a minute, uh, this is what I built my life on and you will be the best person to talk to these people about I the. Yes.
0: My next book is about this, but I, you know, people have said to me, and let me just say from someone that has been, had a husband not there and have fam- lose family, all things I've walked through beauty cannot do anything that touches anybody else's life. So we're seeking something that is not everlasting. It's great to look your best, to eat healthy, to take care of God's temple. That's wonderful. Do your best. But here's the thing. When it's all said and done, nothing that I accomplished as a non-Christian, you know, when I won pageants or even as a Christian, it will ever touch anybody's life. Like, I, you know, my original dream was to be a professional ice skater. That's all I wanted. Oh. And, my very, and, and my parents divorced and I was training. I was doing great. And I got pulled off the ice and never got to do my dream. And the irony of that is the very first time I ever spoke in an arena, it was on top of an ice rink and I went oh. alone by the Lord. I'd never been in a big arena. So it was, you know, it's intimidating, especially the first time. And I was scared. So I went early and I could smell the ice. And that was my dream that was taken from my parents' divorce when I was 10 and 11. And that's why I gained all that weight. Cause I just got sick of life and started getting drugs. My older brother was a pot dealer and so on. And, and I said to the Lord, why do you say, Ephesians 3.20, you give us more than we ever dare to dream? And the Lord said, I gave you my dream. You're on top of the ice doing something that will outlive you. And mm-hmm. I started to think if I'd gotten my gold medal in my dream, would it have blessed anybody but me? And that's what I asked people when they wanted that, whatever that is. Would what you wanted made any a difference in anybody else's life but your own and maybe for your family because when you build your kingdom here on earth it's still eventually going to go away you're still going to age no matter how much you work on your looks you're still going to you know your kids are still going to grow up and move out people are going to die people are going to let you down so i think enjoy every season but there is a season for everything but i'm really learning are the things that i am praying for and desiring do they make a difference in anybody else's life besides mine
2: that's true. And that's amazing. And, you know, I know, I know you're very funny. And I know that next week you're going to be funny. in it's our area doing a conference called the Laughter Concert or uh, His Laughter con- What's it's the name of the con- laugh?
1: She laughs, she laughs conference. Out, how,
2: can, how can yeah. someone going in the last four years going through what you're going through is able to do a conference called She, and you're still not healed from cancer, but uh, She Laughs Conference. Uh, tell me, what are you going to say to the women there?
0: Well, the first thing I want to say is I think it's really funny that people respond the way people respond when you are diagnosed with cancer. Like, oh, my gosh, you're going to die I want to go, yes, and you are, too. (laughs) I just just think it's hilarious that, like, people act like, I'm like, people over 50 have all kinds of ailments, diabetes, or Epstein-Barr virus, or chronic fatigue, or their hips, or their neck, or their back, or whatever, headaches, migraine headaches. When it's all said and done, tomorrow's not promised to any of us. So I just find it so funny when people are like, oh, how did you handle it? I'm like, well, how do you handle it? Like, how do you handle knowing that you're terminal? You know, I just, it's just so funny to me how people respond. I'm like, you could walk out the door right now and be killed by a truck. Right. So I think that the most beautiful thing about being diagnosed with a disease like cancer, which I'm so thankful for now, is I have never lived more. Uh, well, I had to, but see, it forced me. I had to make a decision that I wanted to live, to be honest. For the first three years, I was so heart-wrenched of everybody that what happened, what happened was like too many crises at once. When I went to a wonderful Christian counselor, she said, most people face one crisis that you're facing. You faced five at the same time. It's a miracle that you'll ever, come, if you'll ever come out. Mm. And, and um, so what I started to work on was the heartache and getting healed from the heartache and heartbreak, allowing myself to mourn losses, allowing myself to feel pain, allowing myself to cry out to God, allowing myself. And the next thing I knew, I started. I read that scripture. She laughed out fear of the future. I thought, wouldn't it be funny if I just started praying that God would give me back more of Him and His joy and laughter? So I started praying, God, I want laughter back. God, I want joy back. So instead of us women And men saying I God I want my child blank and then I can laugh again God I want this and then I can laugh again God I need a job and then I can laugh again Mm. that is not going to do it because Satan will have a field day with you and he's the only one getting a laugh Mm. but there is nothing more glorious um, ever Then, like, can I share just a really story that just happened to me?
1: Sure, of course. That
0: is how I got to just, I've just got to make Satan mad. I think it's so funny to laugh at and to be able to laugh. And so I started trying to laugh. And next time I knew, I was laughing all the time. And then I started getting super funny again. And then I started entertaining everybody again, just normal people. Like, even if it was in a store, like little things like at Christmas, I had my daughter, 20 year old daughter's baby picture of of her first Christmas because we were. God gave me the health to go to Ben Dorgan this weekend where she was born. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'd be at a couch and they would go, oh, your baby's so cute. How old is she? I go 20. I'm in denial. <laughs> you know, and just things, you know, and just things like all of a sudden I was like, I'm making everybody around me laugh. Oh, my goodness. I'm laughing again. Oh, my goodness. My joy is back. And so I started praying more. God, I just pray in Jesus name. I want more joy. I want more laughter. I want more of today. I want more of you. I don't care if you change one thing in my life. I want more of you. Well, all of a sudden, 30 plus tumors fell off my body. They're in my lymphatic. Just fell away in the last month and a half. They're Please. gone.
2: Now, you're not doing, doing chemo, my... right? You're not doing chemo.
0: No, no.
2: So, no. how are you? Are... I,
0: uh, I'm not going to share that because everybody's cancer battle is personal. Right, right, I feel of course. Like, you know, I don't want to be like a medical person that's like on this. All natural kicks because everybody, I believe, has to handle it their way. For me, I like my hair. So I didn't do chemo. And people know I wear hair extensions. Well, if I got chemo, what would I glue my hair extensions? You don't need chemo.
2: I lost my uh, hair without any of that. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
0: Oh, yeah. No, there's no way. I wasn't going to lose my hair. No. Um, But everybody has to do that. I never give any kind of advice. I'm not the cancer poster child. I'm Christ poster child. And it's not my job to tell anybody on that. So I don't want to go that direction. But I story That I've learned to navigate uh, inside peace and outside chaos. Mm. And I I love that you can have faith in action without chaos on the inside. But it has to be on the foundation of speaking out loud. You know what? God's got this. So I went on my first vacation with my baby girl and I just got home. Mm. While I was gone... Uh, I came on, I said, Where's my car? They said, Oh, we thought you lent it to someone. I'm like, What do you mean? I didn't lend my car. I usually would, of course, but I didn't and they so I called the report, it stolen. The police said, Your car's been repossessed. Now remember, it's now at night I just flew in and I said, Repossessed. I've never missed a payment. How could it be repossessed? So the next day I call the dealership, I won't say their name, I call the finance company and I sent them all the bank statements. It shows all their banks have cleared all their payments are cleared and they go oh we're so sorry we forgot to post three of them but we've been sending you notices I said where are you sending them to and they gave me the address I said you're missing one of the numbers can you look at my contract with the car address that I signed they said oh that's our fault too we missed one number Uh I said okay well then we're good right I'm just going to get my car back they said well actually you were gone 10 days and because you never uh, responded to the wrong address we sent stuff to we sold your car in auction. What? So now let me back you up. Wait, wait. Let me back you up the miracle. So one year earlier, go back. Uh-huh. I'm parked in the parking lot. And I have a lease. I don't have an, I don't own the car. I have a lease.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And so, you know, with a the lease, they'll ding you with anything at the end. So I have a lease. And this lady is having a horrible day. And she backs into my car and smashes it really bad. She starts crying, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, I don't have insurance, I don't have to do. And I said, you know what? And I gave her one of my His Princess books, prayed over, her, and I really felt like the Lord said, I'll make it up to you. Uh-huh. Well, now, I have not been able to work a lot because of fighting sickness and taking care of my mom. So we're living month to month by faith as well, financially, and my royalty checks are the only thing I have to support me. Mm-hmm. And so I go, and I and I felt like God said, I'll take care of it. Here is the biggest clencher. You are not going to. So I went to bed and I go, I'm just going to make Satan mad. I'm going to laugh about this because something good's going to happen in the morning. Well, it got worse in the morning. And I thought, no, no, God's got this. God's got this. You know, when they said that they may m- sold the car. Next thing I know, they go, you know, you would have owed us $5,000 when you turned in that car because it smashed on the back. And I remember when God said, I will make up to you. Now, here's where it gets Crazy good. Uh So I call my brother from another mother, who's like you are to me, a good friend, and I say that he owns a Toyota dealership. I said, "I want a bug. I want a used bug." Anyway, long story short, twenty-four hours later, I am in a car where my part payment is two hundred dollars cheaper. I never had to pay that five (laughs) thousand dollars payment. Turning in that lead, Mm.
1: and I'm in my
0: dream bug from, and it's a 2013, only has thirty thousand miles on it with my dream color the bronzy brown color (laughs) and they brought it to my house because they're book fans and i signed the contract at my kitchen table 24 hours god got me out of a five thousand dollar debt
1: through what i
0: wouldn't kept me from being on stress and bend and that's what i'm talking about about laughter it's like if think about this how many catastrophes have we suffered and most of them never happened
2: Right, that's right. You know, I want to take you to, uh, to a to to a part of your life because I have a I have a nineteen year old daughter. She just turned nineteen. I have another daughter who's twelve, and I and I know the impact you had even before going this wonderful new ministry with battling cancer and all that. But. Uh, we have we are living in a world right now where there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of teen gears and all more that, than that ever. more than ever yeah. and I heard you on one of the conferences talk about that. Tell us more why is that happening what do you what do you tell an 18 19 year old daughter who's worried about either her weight or approval or or bullying or because you've been through all that.
0: Yes, I have really bad, and you're gonna. I can't say the name of my new book, but it's for that purpose, and it's it's gonna be amazing, and it's that's my next book coming out. But I would first start with this. I'm gonna hit the parent first. Mm -hmm. What? Remember when my daughter said to me, "Mom, because I watched you not give up on God because you walked through, I will never give up on God." So the number one thing I would say to parents: really be careful what you talk about in front of your children. Don't talk about how bad the state of the world is in front of your children. Talk about how big God is. Don't talk about everything you see. Talk about what you know to be true in the word. Because what's causing that anxiety and that fear is there's so much brokenness in the world right now. They're so afraid to love. They're so afraid to leave. They're so afraid to move forward. Even Christian leaders are falling out left and right,
1: Right. giving
0: up on God because... We're going into some dark times. This is our time to shine. This is our time for, like Ezekiel said, the dead to rise. But the only way the dead bones became life is because Ezekiel, I'm not saying that right. It wasn't Ezekiel, was it? Or was it?
2: What do I know? It's Ezekiel, I think. Is it Jeremiah? No. no. It's one of those two guys. I mean, it's it's not Peter. It's not Paul. Let's let's start eliminating. It's it's not Josh. It's Ezekiel.
0: Okay, I might be wrong. We feel so bad. When you speak, when you speak life to the dead bones, I came to life and became the greatest army of all time. Right. Right. So my, my point is to help your children. What I do is I what, no even when young girls say to me, you're so pretty, you know, you're so pretty." I don't, I don't even say thank you. I just go, you know, I mean to put the focus on them. Well, you're beautiful. Or I take it. I don't even like uh, allow any attention to go to the physical, the best I can and do as much as I can into the opportunity to... Here, let me read you my little list. I'm going to read you my little list of the things that beauty can't do. Yes. Here's what I'm going to read you. Everybody listening, I want you to hear this. Um, beauty, let me... P got to put it on my little notebook. Hold on, B-E-Y-N.
2: Um, you're killing everything I stand for. It's my beauty that keeps me going, uh, Sherry, and now you're I taking know, that away from me.
0: Okay, I'm going to read you a little story I wrote for, uh, for a little girl, and uh, everybody listening, this will be for the little girl inside of you. This isn't published yet, so don't anybody steal it. Okay. Don't,
2: I won't. I'm writing it down.
0: What's I the It's the Holy Spirit anyway. Once upon a time, there was a little girl that was chosen to be the king, chosen by the king to be his princess and do something very special for the kingdom of God. She was physically the most beautiful little girl in the kingdom, but she soon discovered her beauty could not help anybody or do anything to make the world a better place. Even though she had pretty lips, the words she spoke were unkind words and they hurt her family and friends. Even though she had beautiful eyes, she only looked for the bad in the world and in others, and complained about everything she saw that bothered her. And even though she had the most beautiful dresses to wear, her beautiful dresses could only draw attention to herself, but they couldn't help anybody else feel special about themselves. She had pretty little feet with pink, sparkly toes, and uh, toes. But the princess, pretty feet, never walked up to anyone and offered to help them or walk them to Jesus. She had pretty hands that had the same sparkly polish on it, as her pretty toes, but she never used her hands to hug someone when they were sad. Eventually, the pretty little princess became a grumpy, pouty princess, and no one wanted to be around her. She ran to her father, the king, and said, Daddy, I want you to make people like me because you chose me to be a princess. They should want to be with me and do whatever I say. The king said, Come over here and sit on my lap, my precious child. He tenderly said to his pretty daughter, The way you look will never make you feel pretty on the inside. And your beauty can't help anybody, not even you. It's not the way you look that makes you truly beautiful. It's the way that you love. The little girl hugged the king and said, Okay, Daddy, but will you help me do the things that you've asked me to do so I can be beautiful on the inside? And the king smiled and said, Now that you have asked, I will help you make the world a more beautiful place. And then you will feel like the treasure you are as you help others find their way. To me. Wow. And the purpose of that, the Holy Spirit just gave me that in like 20 seconds, but the purpose of that is I was thinking about how all the effort we put even going to church to get dolled up will do nothing and it won't even make us really feel beautiful either.
2: That's powerful. That is amazing. Now tell me, uh, I just want to, I'm a comedian and I want to, I know it's just to, for the respecting the name of the podcast, Laughter for All. And I know this is what you said so far has encouraged my socks off and everybody else's and when you were Miss America, Mrs. America, what's the difference between Miss America and Mrs. America?
0: Cellulite.
2: Cellulites. Who has more cellulites? Mrs. America? So they give you more more lenient yeah, <laughs> more
0: we burn the right. I always tell people since I eat all organic that my cellulites are organic.
2: <laughs> but uh, really what's the difference? Like why so you have to be married to be Mrs. America, right?
0: Yes. Well, but my real title is understood.
2: Okay. Understood? What do you say? I don't understand. Misunderstood. Misunderstood. Like did, misunderstood. But, but I mean what I when you were
0: miss the train.
2: You know, when you were doing the Miss, uh, the Miss America thing or anything funny happened, any stuff funny that people, the average person yeah. does not know that because yeah. there's men listening and men are interested in like, what is some of the stuff that happens that we don't know about in uh, in those pageants?
0: Well, there's a lot of things in those pageants. Now I don't know how they are now because, you know, I'm still hot. It just comes in flashes now. <laughs> and, uh, but, <laughs> but, I, but, uh, but I can tell you that when I was uh, in the pageants, I kind of have a funny story. I was walking down the end of the runway and I was smiling at the judges and I couldn't see the end of the runway because the spotlight was in my eyes and I'd never been on stage before. And it was a local pageant, and I walked up into the runway, and I fell into the judge's table, and I really hurt my hip and ripped my dress. And But I'm kind of a quick responder, and so I pulled myself up on their table and said, I just wanted you to remember me. (laughs) And after the pageant, I won, and they said they picked me to win because of the way I responded to the fall. Now, let me fast forward. Twenty years later, I'm in ministry, and I'm speaking at a youth group. And this little girl was 14 and really contemplating suicide, and I got to minister to her deeply and turned her life back around. So I go to church, the next Sunday, I'm trying to keep a straight face. You're a humorist, so you're going to understand this, but I'm still a minister. And her mom comes up to me and goes, the first part was beautiful. She's like, you saved my daughter's life. She was going to take her life that night, and when you mm-hmm. spoke in her youth group, she came and told us, and blah, blah, and she had tears in her eyes. Now, here's the part I had trouble keeping a straight face for. And I said, oh, that's amazing. Thank you, God. She goes, but I have to confess something to you. I said, okay. She goes, do you remember when you were in the beauty pageant where you fell off the stage? And I said, yes. She goes, I was in that beauty pageant with you, and I was high-fiving everybody when you fell off the stage. I was Uh, so happy because I knew you would win. uh, And she goes, it's amazing to me that I'm laughing at your fall, and 20 years later, you're saving my daughter.
2: Oh my lord! Uh, that's that's God's sense of humor. That's God's way. That is oh,
0: God's sense of humor. Just, just, and I have a million stories like that. But the thing is, if we are so worried about how we look in the outfit or not outfit or what we do, and you know, you know me, I don't wear anything new. I don't know. I think you do remember me talking about this. Maybe you don't. But I'm a secondhand store shopper. Are you serious? And I always tell the women that's all I. I've never. I don't shop. I don't spend any money on clothes at all. I never have. Are and, you I'm serious? Mrs. America Advice secondhand 25. clothing. Only, thr- only thrift. And the thing is that, um, and I always tell the women, pray that scripture, the wealth of the wicked, stirred up for the righteous. In Jesus' name, get the wicked people to drop off their desire okay. to clothes today. Now
2: we want to know, and where so- do you shop for those? Do you go to Beverly Hills? Is there a Beverly Hills like uh, those, uh, what do you call it?
0: goodwill like salvation army yeah there's goodwill and salvation army i know i don't talk about the expensive resale i'm talking about thrifting so i go in and i pray and i'll go in and i'm not kidding i will get designer clothes for like eight dollars twelve dollars and you know the only thing i don't do designer is shoes but i'm not a real shoe girl so i just have my like basics (laughs) I like everything simple. Like Sherry Rose, stop right out.
2: now. Sherry Rose, stop right now. Every man was gonna thank you for this. Hold on. Ladies' wives, including mine. <laughs> Did you hear that? Mrs. America wears secondhand clothing. And, uh, you know, you don't have to buy expensive shoes. <laughs> Please, listen. I'm going to repeat this. We, You know what? I'm going to have you on the show again because you have so much. But we still have about 18, 20 minutes to go. But I wanted to make sure every wife, including mine, who listens. Like, don't you feel sometimes like there's some people go, oh, well, there's other people who wear that have germs or they have skin. You don't. You don't worry about that, do you?
0: No, I do worry about that. And I should have worried about it more because (laughs) I probably, uh, yes, I definitely do. But I now know to wash those clothes before you wear them and to dry clean them. So I just had to learn. Yeah, no, I was a little bit loose about that. And part of what I got was probably from that um, because I, but I was, I think I'm, I am definitely opposite of a germaphobe. But Mm -hmm. there's a balance. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: But yes, I think as long as you wash them and you don't do shoes, don't do secondhand store shoes or underwear. (laughs) Yeah,
2: you don't (laughs) want to buy no secondhand underwear.
0: No, stick with the clothes. (laughs) Stick with the clothes and make sure you wash them and dry clean them. And dry clean them in organic dry clean. And then you're golden.
2: So when you went for Miss, you know, in the pageant for Miss America, did you wear used secondhand clothes or you had to buy a new? Or they give you guys... They give you the outfits or I no? I did. You did?
0: No. I, I mean, your evening gown, you get yourself. I, yes, mine was all secondhand. Everything <laughs> was secondhand.
2: <laughs> you are amazing. You are amazing. This is a, I've never in my life thought you do that but that's that is (laughs) that's fine so now you had you know there's something and I don't want to make light of it but my friend comedian Didi Hans is very funny she goes I haven't eating this order when I look at the menu I want this order and this order and this order and this order oh that
0: is so funny but
2: (laughs) tell me about that there's because there's girls listening right now or there's moms that have girls that that going through that you know that that anorexia or you know bulimia what do you what do you tell them how do you how did you get
0: out of that it is the root you have to again you're saying the desire for beauty i think when you desire anything more than god especially in the physical realm you'll do anything to get it and I think, you know, there's a lot of reasons. Anorexia comes from, like, they feel like their whole life's out of control, so not eating is the one thing they can control. That isn't as much about being thin as it is about, I just can't control anything else in my life. So bulimia is more for people like me that have, like, I love to eat more than life. So years mm-hmm. ago, when I was a young girl, I thought, oh, this is good. I can eat and throw it up and stay thin. But that's not how it works. It rots out your teeth and your gut and everything else. So, mm. yeah, don't do it. Just don't even think about it. It, it really is bad and it's bondage. Um, when I got saved, I, I got free from it when I became a Christian. I haven't really struggled with an eating disorder as a Christian, not to mean you can't. But, and the other things I like to diminish it. So, like when I meet with young girls uh, or I talk with them in groups with eating disorders, I'll say, hey, at least you know what the attack is. Because so mm-hmm. Satan will always come in and find something with every single Christian. He'll mm-hmm. find a, he'll find your weakness, Next. whether it's a, p- a pleasing approval addict, whatever. He doesn't it doesn't matter. He will attack. So the first thing I say is identify the root of why you're doing this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then you take the root and you match it with the word, and then you and then we fix the root. We go, okay, wait, is this is a weed. Do we need to rip it out? is it a root that needs to go deeper do we need new seeds Wh- who we you know what am, what person or thing or thought am i allowing to influence this eating disorder if you everybody has just like with cancer it's a different walk for everybody mm-hmm. but again i think the beauty about aging and the beauty about um uh, a, as any kind of disease is that it get you to realize you are not here forever i love that god lets us age because i believe if he didn't let us age we would think we would live oblivious to death and oblivious to the legacy that we have the opportunity to leave wow. and now- i think the beauty of aging is that and i think the more that we as older women let our daughters see yeah let's be our best and take care of ourselves but like and I'm not putting anybody down, please don't take this wrong, but like I've never had a Botox shot or any plastic surgery <laughs> and you know, I still have saggy breasts, you know, and I have a lump from breast cancer. So I mean I I won't allow because I have daughters, I don't want her to see me trying to fix things. Now I'm not against it. I'm not against it. So I don't want anybody to think I'm against it. If you if that's something you want to do, go for it, especially if you have the money. But <laughs> Right. For for me, I have a different purpose behind it, and, mm. and mine is that I feel like God has given me such an audience. I mean, I have a million-plus readership of people looking to me as, like, the Mama Bear princess, you know, and I'm going to be almost, I'll be 59 May 8th. And I feel like they're watching me. And um, I will say that my raw food has paid off because I look younger now than I did 10 years ago. Just and, eating and healthy. A I don't eat anything but raw food. I mean, like bone broth and raw food. That's my life. And salmon and uh, steamed vegetables. But you no cook the salmon, vodka. right? You don't eat
2: raw salmon, do you? No, you cook you
0: don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. No, because I ha- also being on the road, I got a parasite and the cancer, which... 80% of Americans have parasites right now, and they don't even know it, unfortunately. They think it's fibromyalgia or um, chronic fatigue or oh, wow. a flu they can't get rid of the pain. And I found out a lot about parasites. I was like, wow. So it's just that the, most of the medical field doesn't know how to identify a parasite. They think it's, you have to go in another country to get it, and that is, could not be farther from the truth. The number so, one cause of parasite is sushi.
2: Really? No, number one cause. The number so, one cause for yeah. parasite is sushi. Yeah. I mean, I, we, me, and my family, we started eating sushi at age forty. I mean, and we haven't stop, stopped, not, stopped not, stop stopped eating well, it.
0: Well, let me just say that. I mean, I'm not a health professional, but I. No, am I know. I'm. True. I'm not your opinion. I bring headaches. Or, oh, let's put it this way. I'm fighting cancer, and I'm fighting a parasite infection. Doing it natural, and I'm never in pain. Not one day in my life. Anywhere, I never get headaches, and I'm never in pain. Anywhere in my whole body.
2: Because you cleanse your body from parasites?
0: I think that, and I think also, I'm still cleansing it from parasites. And also, I think, and guess where I got the parasite? You want to hear something unfair? Yes. I got it from organic vegetables. Organic For, vegetables. What? I'm like, come on, God, let me get it from Taco Bell and pizza. Not organic vegetables. But think about it. What does vegetables grow in? Manure. Yes. So when we're just rinsing off all of our vegetables... You still have those parasite eggs on them, and that's why people like myself and tons of people are walking around with joint pain and all these other things. And really, they just need a good parasite cleanse. So, how, by the way, when you're doing it, you feel terrible.
2: So, how do you eat? And when you, where do you get your ve- raw vegetables? I mean, they're, aren't they aren't they grown? You wash them
0: in vinegar. You
2: wash you your, your, vegetables your vegetables in vinegar, so that will kill the parasites.
0: What, yes. So you put the white vinegar, or you use a product called grapefruit seed extract or Agricept. And you put it in the water and you soak it for 15 minutes. Then you rinse it off and it will kill all the parasites. But mm. you think about this. Think about how tired even our 10 and 12 and 14 and 18 and 20-year-olds Yes. Oh, There's my boxes. kids are tired all the and time. Think about, think about the flus. Like here I am, the one fighting cancer, right, and a parasite. And I'm in Bend. Everybody around me has the flu and I'm the only one that didn't get it.
2: Wow. And so, so you, where do you buy your vegetables? Just a regular store or what?
0: Well, I go to like farmers markets to save money. I don't, I buy them
2: secondhand. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so you go to farm, like uh, sprouts or something, you buy them, then you soak them in vinegar for 15 minutes? Yes. What if I soak myself oh, my in God. vinegar for 15 minutes? Will my parasites be gone? I don't know. No, no. you
0: guys sucked it. Yeah, no, maybe, maybe. Who well, knows? I'm not a vegetable
2: okay. yet, but anyway. So I, <laughs> but okay, so that's that's good. And then you eat, you know, you cook the salmon. You don't eat sushi whatsoever.
0: No. No, and I don't do grain. Like there's a lot to a grain-free raw food. I do like the celery juice. And I do the pure water. Um, and I, that's one thing I'm really working on. Is like first thing in the morning having warm lemon water. I'm kind of an ice freak, but I found out that if you do a lot of ice, then it creates a moldy environment inside your body, which you leaves it open for flus. Wow. And I was like, oh, I hate that because I'm obsessed with ice. Like I used to check into hotels and say, could I please get the room? Across from the ice machine because I like white noise and ice. Nothing would make me happier than checking into a hotel when that was next to the ice machine.
2: <laughs> I always ask away from the ice machine. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I was going to ask you so you were at the verge of attempting suicide. God sent these two missionaries
0: that helped you. I was the weirdest thing. Oh, yeah, my salvation. I was 24. I had lost all my weight, won all my beauty pageants, and was more sad than I ever have. So the changing the outside did not remotely help the inside, except for when I was looking in the mirror or someone was complimenting me. When, but as soon as I walked away from the mirror, I didn't have a compliment going. I was not at all you know, changed. matter of fact, the depression got worse. And no matter what pageant I won, no matter what, how much weight I lost, it was just bondage, awful, awful bondage. And it was interesting that, yeah, so I was like, I'm done. And you know, back then it isn't like, you know, everybody now talks about depression and anxiety and all that. Matter of fact, I think they talk about self mm. and then we settle into that label and then we don't even know how to do it ourselves. And I think we have to be really careful to say, are you really dealing with that or are you surrounded by idiots? And that you need to get out of your life, or you, so are you watching things, or are you watching things that are destroying your mind and making you anxious? so I would make the necessary changes before i because all the medication in the world isn't going to help without the necessary changes, right yeah. and I'm not telling anybody to or don't take medication because i I know that God gave us scientists and doctors, and I praise the God I praise God for that, but what I am saying is. Make sure you double check all the other things first. It's kinda of like before you take an engine to get it overhauled, let's find out where the bug is, what's being sick, you know what's hurting there mm-hmm. but i um, yeah, I couldn't find one more thing to make me peaceful or happy you know, and um, I was so so um overwhelmed by um frustration. I, so I started working out two hours a day. So I started doing, you know, more beauty pageants. And I started winning every one of them. And, I, and no matter what I did, I had to get more to stay satisfied. Mm. And it's interesting what you run to when you're in bondage, what you run to, where you escape to can put you in a bigger bondage, which is what happened to me. Mm. So I escaped from drugs to an eating disorder. I just straight from being uh, overweight to obsessed with beauty and it put me in greater bondage and it put me in deeper depression. And cause you can decorate pain, but you can, it won't deliver you. You know, beauty's not going to deliver you from anything right. and at all. <laughs> and, right. and so I checked myself into a hotel room. I told my doctor, I not sleeping, got sucked him into giving me sleeping pills and I was going to take them all. And I was 24 Jewish, successful, owned my own production company, produced showcases and worked with Star Search back then. That was what The Voice was years ago. It was a big deal. And Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I literally said, God, if you exist, show me. And I fell asleep on the phone with the signals. I didn't end up taking them. And the next day, my boyfriend said, I have a really, really boring uh, grandparents event I have to go to. Mm -hmm. And I need you to go with me to keep me entertained. And I walk in, and his grandparents. I'd never, you know, my family's broken. I was, when I was in school, no one's parents were divorced but mine. Mm. And so that was really where I was the only person in the neighborhood that had divorced parents. So now, you know, there's so many dysfunctional homes. I'm going to start a support group for functional people <laughs> because I don't know how to function. <laughs> and, you know, they need a bad. And so all that to say that, um, their love for each other and for God smitten me. And out of nowhere, the missionary who I named my daughter after Emily said, Do you want to check out of your hotel room and stay in one of our five bedrooms? They're all empty. We usually host missionaries. I said, What's a missionary? blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, mm-hmm. their life changed mine forever and ever. And I stayed with them for the whole time I was producing my showcase. I couldn't wait to get home. But here's what God did that was so crazy. I was always um, afraid to be alone because I was left alone a lot as a little girl, seven, eight, nine, oh. and nine. Um, and I just never wanted to be alone. And I always wanted to be tucked in bed. And I'd never been tucked in bed before or read to. So it's ironic I'm a children's author. And um, I always wanted someone to read to me. Well, now this woman would have no way of knowing that. And remember, the, when I had the sleeping bills, I said, "God, are you real? If you do, prove it." And then here I meet these people, and I'm in their home a week. You know, the next night, and she comes in and goes, "Do you mind if I tuck you in bed and read you the Bible?" Oh, I could not stop crying because I'm in this room. I'm in this house that looks like you know uh, Snow White's cottage with five bedrooms. So Snow White's castle, I guess. Really? And and she had made all the. Well, everything was homemade. I'd never had a home. So I I was so smitten by And then every night I couldn't wait to get home here. I'm this big-time producer, and I couldn't wait to get home so this 70-year-old woman could tuck me in bed and read me the Bible. Wow. And a month of that, and then when I left, she asked me if I wanted to receive Jesus. I said, no, because I'm Jewish, and I'd lose my family. And she said, well, if you ever want to, you don't even have to be in church. And she said, you just ask Jesus in your heart, and it'd be the Lord your life. Anyway, so... A month later, you know, I leave, and uh, a few days later, I start struggling again. Satan just took a hit on me, and I asked Jesus in my heart in a hotel room by myself, and I didn't know what i did The next day, I went to work out, as I always did, and I had my Walkman on, my yellow Walkman. And, I remember uh,
2: those. <laughs>
0: this, yep, and this couple came up to me and, and kind of, like, tried to interrupt me on the treadmill and said, can you take that off, and... They said, this is going to sound really weird, but we feel like God told us to come up and ask you if you're a Christian. I said, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? So here I'm telling them what happened. And they said, well, we're supposed to disciple you. Oh, and um, wow. they I, I, they taught me the word of God. And I actually ended up moving in with them until I was married. I lived with them four years. They were youth pastors. And as they were teaching me the word every night, I had so many questions. that I lost my Jewish family for so witnessing to my grandma on her deathbed but while they were teaching me the word we would go out to yogurt every night frozen yogurt was a huge deal back then, (laughs) and um, i would start telling people about jesus and they would start getting saved and people were getting saved every night and the couple that's a christian uh pastor said you know it's not normal the anointing that's on you i'm like what's anointing like you know when you're a new christian you don't know what christians are talking about and they go no, it's not normal that people get saved every single day through through someone every single day like everybody you talk to gets saved
1: Praise
0: and i said well the bible you told me the bible said go out and tell people about jesus and, blah, blah, blah. and he's like well not very many christians actually do what the bible says i go then why do we have it i don't get it you know because i was like such a a virgin of the faith if you will and mm. everything was so new and because I didn't have a family, the royal family, who, you know, which now is the name of my ministry, speaking. is what I just really wanted, you know.
2: Yeah, speaking of that, and I, as we're closing our, our time together, I know I, I love to listen to you for hours. I would love to have you back when you're uh, feeling better and can make it to the studio. But I want what is, uh, okay, what's your latest, people who never heard of you, and I know there's a few, but because you have over a million people who read your books, but if people don't, how can they get a hold of your books? How can they book you? I think anybody who's listening, pastors, wife, if you want to do a women's conference, there's no better person to get than Sherry Rose. I mean, really will touch at every level, at every age, from girls who are seven and eight to nine-year-olds. I've seen it live. I've seen the impact. I've seen the tears and the laughter from women in the concert at the same time. They're laughing and crying. Amazing. So where can they go to get more of your information and to book you? Uh,
0: the first thing i say is they have to book you with me. I need to have my comedian. But that would be me. great. So let's do
2: something together. Let's do something we'll together. Do it. We'll
0: do, yeah, no, let's do it together. So they can contact you and say, I'm going to book you guys. Okay. We have to come as a pet. Because I think that laughter, and I've seen you in live in action, and and now when I do bookings, I ask people to book comedians. I'm doing a tour with the Fish in Nashville, and I, the first thing I said was, "Can we please, uh, you know?" So I'm going to give them your name. Oh, and I'm it's, doing it's I'm it's doing
2: stuff. In fact, so in yep. in ten days I'll be in Portland doing the Fish in Portland. I've done Salem, K K L A, and I've done oh, the right. San Diego. Yeah, would love to do something together. And uh, yes. but how can and, the people yeah. go get your books? Where they can get your books?
0: They can go, I would say at this point, go to Amazon to get the books. And then I would say if they want to email me, it's rose at his dot com.
2: Rose at rose his, his princess. princess dot com. Yeah. Rose at his princess.
0: And I'm actually feeling healthier than I've ever felt in my life. And so I'm doing a, I am doing bookings again and I'm enjoying it so much.
2: You're and, um, amazing. I really am. You're amazing. Yeah, so I
0: just started coming back out to speak after five years. I know. It's next fierce, week, you're so. going to be on
2: the 11th. If if you're in the Southern California area, in Temecula, California, which is about 30 to 40 minutes south of Corona, on the 15th, and really yeah. north of San Diego. Yeah. And what are you doing? You're doing an event for ladies called She Laps.
0: Yeah, it's a, we're um, we're doing it. Uh, someone rented a saloon, so we can only take 150 women. I think there's about 20 seats left. And it's for a brand-new church. I have such a heart for the. Smaller churches, I mm. cannot tell you, I kind of feel like because I was asked to go back out on some of the bigger tours, and I feel like i 'm not needed there, like yes, that would be great to go, yeah let 's go back out with a big bang, but there 's so many wonderful speakers already on that tour. I feel like God wants me to go to the smaller venues where no one will go mm. and um, i really from my brokenness of the last four years i mean i 've won mrs america i 've sold my million books i 've been in front of twenty thousand people. I don't, those are none of those things were my goals to begin with, but they certainly aren't now. I'd rather have a group of 100 women where we get real ministry going. It's all real ministry, but I mean, where you can get more personal ministry is what I, I mean, all of the events are wonderful, but I'm, and, you know, and I'm not, I'll never, you know, I have some big events coming too, but I just have a heart for California, especially, to be honest. Me too, So anybody who wants to book me for California, I will come
2: oh that's awesome well guys you can contact us at uh you know you can go to uh, laughterforall.org dot org or you can go to NazarethUSA.com dot com or you can go just email rose at his dot org right or dot com yes or uh, dot com dot com you
0: should just see my, yeah. can they just book me through you or no
2: can, they can. I mean, I'm not a booking angel, but I would love to do stuff. You know, it's funny you say that because I'm going to close with a video. And this is what happened. It's a video I did a couple of years ago, but last week I was at an event at a Christmas party and this girl, a lady comes to me. She owns a media company. She goes, Nazareth, you don't know this, but I've been, I've been buying your DVDs and handing them to families who have, uh, they're, they're going through cancer. People under 30, they're going through cancer. And she said, you don't understand the impact it's been having on them. And last, while I was in Baltimore, this lady said, she goes, my daughter's dying and, we chose in her last moments to watch your DVD because it's healing. It was healing to her. Yeah, and it's laughter
1: is healing. yes Yes.
2: so i'm gonna close with this video i mean it's not self-serving but i just want to tell people about the power of healing the comedy that's healing and no better example than sherry rose shepherd who is going through cancer and next week she's doing a conference with no other name but she laughs conference laughter is not just a joke anymore it is healing so if you want to book me and sherry together to do a conference To laugh and to learn and to do that, it's amazing. You bring the women and you bring the men, and we'll we'll do. You know, Sherry will take care of the women. I'll be wearing first hand clothing. I will not be wearing second hand clothing. I'll be wearing second hand shoes, of course. That's all I wear. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, Sherry, we love you so much. We're praying for you, and I know, I know, God is just using you. I mean, exploding your your testimony. It's amazing. We love you. Thank you for being on the show with us. It's an honor. And thank you. And it, oh,
0: and check out our new website. What's your His
2: new Royal website? Family. Hisroyalfamily.com?
0: His, Hisroyalfamily.com. Yeah, you got to check it out. Hisroyalfamily. I don't get it myself. It's on Wix, but it's, it's cute. Okay. I think you'll like it.
2: Hisroyalfamily.com. If you want to talk to Sherry, if you want to book her and stuff, you can book her through us. Of course, we want to, you know, I will forward the calls to her, but, uh, you know, try us. So thank you so much. Watch this
0: video. With, go ahead. I want you
2: to do it with me. I want you to do it with me. Okay, I'll do it with you. We'll do this together. Okay. All right. Thank you. Love you, Sherry. Thank you so much. And let's close with this video. And if you are listening, if you're watching this podcast or listening, please subscribe to our podcast. That's the only way. And make sure you laugh every day because it's good for your face. It's good for your body. And we'll close. Hello, this this is comedian Nazareth. And uh, I know the benefits of laughter. I've been studying it. I know it's healing. I know it relieves stress. I know it's good for your blood circulation. And I know it's a good medicine. That's what the Bible calls it. But lately, uh, God has been bringing to my attention the impact of it during my shows. And one incident that really changed me and made me look at it in a whole different perspective. Because one time I was in Northern California, and there was a, a girl screaming during my show. It was became a little annoying. But after the show, I was outside, you know, signing autographs and talking to people. And this lady comes in with this blind young girl with her. So I went to see what's going on. I'm like, "Hi, how are you? Hi, little girl, did you enjoy the show?" And the mom hands me a letter, and she said, this is for you. What the letter said is like, you know what? Hey, I'm sorry about my daughter Annie. She's blind. She's fighting Batten disease, and she just lost her sister Katie a year ago. She's been crying ever since. And today is the first time she was laughing. She was actually screaming laughter, and that's what the noise you've been hearing. And she goes, I'm so sorry about that. I'm like, are you kidding me? I would love it. This is the best gift you can give me to tell me that this girl has laughed for an hour. And she said, well, she liked you so much, she drew a picture of you. And I look at the letter, the back of the letter, and it's just like chicken scratch. I'm like, wow, you made me look pretty. Started looking at people who are hurting, people who are going through chemotherapy, and people who are depressed, and I've been seeing what God is doing to them during the show, and they come after the show and
0: share. It just totally healed my heart by laughter. I'm so happy. I'm I totally healed. This particular night here with Nazareth has just been a time of healing as well for people who've had difficult times. I have needed this in my heart from the Lord because I've been under a lot of stress, a lot of family pressure, illness, with no laughter, no release of that joy. And I feel like, oh, I'm just blessed. I'm just totally blessed. Thank you.
2: And one of my friends uh, from my Bible study who's going through cancer, she goes, Nathis, did you know that they're playing your DVDs at, at the Cancer Center in Southern California while people are taking their chemo? That we're watching you, and we're laughing. So I I know God is doing something. In the last few concerts, we've been doing the Laughter for All Crusades, where we invite people for free, under-resourced people, and people who cannot afford to go to a comedy show, and then doing the sweet laughter shows at large churches around the country. We've been finding that people are being healed. So I'm saying all this to say, this is more than just comedy. This is more than just laughter. So I want to encourage you as a leader to consider bringing us to your church, to your community, to your city, and be able to change the hearts and minds of people to turn
1: to Christ. Thank you.